from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now, on that same day, disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel, Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had de declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companion together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed. And he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. We're starting our preaching series today on our new mission statement here at Holy Comforter. And that statement is, we worship God, love our neighbor, create community, follow Jesus, and steward our resources. We have five actions there, and they're pretty easy to say each one of those things, straightforward, and they're simple, but each of these five actions has quite a bit of depth to it. I could probably preach 27 different sermons about each of these actions. Uh, don't worry, we're not going to do a three-year sermon series. We're just going to do one for five weeks, one sermon over each of these important and crucial actions. And today, the action we're going to be talking about is love our neighbor. Jesus, in his teaching, tells people that after loving God with all that you are, the second most important commandment is to love your neighbor. So it's probably something we should be paying attention to as followers. Of when we love our neighbors, their lives get better. They improve. We spend our time and our money and our energy to make sure they are better off. But when we love our neighbors, they are not the only people to benefit from that act 
captivity, we also benefit. Our lives are better off when we love our neighbors, and there is one way in particular that our lives are better off. This is the thought about loving your neighbor that I want you to take home today. Here's what this whole sermon is about. If you're going to pay attention to any part of the sermon, right now's the time to, to notice. Here's how you are better off. Loving your neighbor allows you to experience and know Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Loving your neighbor allows you to experience and know Jesus. How do I know that? Look at our reading from Luke chapter 24. There's two disciples of Jesus on that first Easter Sunday where Jesus rose from the dead, walking down the road. They're leaving Jerusalem and going to the village of Emmaus. And they're talking about all that has happened to them there in Jerusalem and all seen and witnessed over the previous weeks. They met someone there along the way on that road who asked them, hey, what are y'all talking about? One of the disciples looks at this man and calls him stranger and says, you haven't heard what has happened with Jesus? The one who performed miracles and taught with power and, and how he was crucified. And now some women that we know went to his tomb this morning and are reporting that he is alive. Then the stranger to them opens up the scriptures to them and connects the scriptures to the events that they have just been witnesses of, the events that have just taken place. And then they get to Emmaus. They reach the end of their journey, and these two disciples do a very neighborly thing. They invite this stranger to have a meal with them and stay the night. It's late. He needs a place to stay. They show this love for him. And then as they are eating, these two disciples realize that they have been talking with Jesus this whole time. These two disciples of Jesus got to meet the risen Jesus because they loved their neighbor, the stranger they met on the road. They loved this neighbor tangibly. They welcomed him into their conversation. They provided food for him and a place to stay. These are actual concrete actions they did. These two disciples, they could have responded very differently to this neighbor they met, right? A stranger approaches them on the road and, and asks them what they're talking about. These disciples could have turned to him and said, hey, we're trying to have a private conversation here. We, we've got a lot of things that we're trying to work out and sort through. Uh, the person we pledged our lives to has just died. And now some people are saying he's alive and we don't really know what's going on and it's all a bit stressful and we don't really have time to go over all of this with you, stranger. Or maybe they could have been polite to the stranger at first, at least, and, and chatted with him a bit while they walked down the road. But once reaching their destination, and even though it was late, and it was unclear if the stranger had a place to go or any food to eat, they could have used that as a natural breaking off point to wish that stranger well, to say good luck to him and God bless you while they went into their home and had a good meal and slept in their warm bed without any concern if the neighbor they met on the road had those things too. 
these two disciples of Jesus could have responded very differently than the way they did. And if they had been too busy or too self-focused or not loving, then they would have missed out on meeting Jesus. I wonder on that day of resurrection, as Jesus walked along that road, how many people did he approach and try to talk to? And how many people didn't give him the time of day and missed out on experiencing the risen Lord? Jesus and these two disciples were not the only people on the road that day. It was a well-traveled road. Loving our neighbors is not only for their well-being, but for ours too. And our lives are enriched as we love our neighbors and meet Jesus. Just like these two disciples' lives were made better because they loved the strangers they met. Our call at Holy Comforter is to love our neighbors. And we're going to do that in tangible ways, just like we're doing with the food drive we're starting this morning. We have neighbors that are hungry, and we are going to contribute so that they have food to eat. Loving our neighbors is an important part of our work here at Holy Comforter. And we have to be careful that we don't get so busy having conversations about church stuff that we fail to recognize our neighbors and love them. These two disciples on the road to Emmaus didn't stay so focused on their lives and their needs and what God is doing there that they failed to pay attention to their neighbor who they met on the road. We are all traveling down the road, and there are people next to us on the left and the right along that road of life. There are people who live next door to us. We have co-workers. We have people that we go to school with. There are people we see and meet at HEB every weekend. All of these people are our neighbors. And some of them... Some of them are going to be great and wonderful people to hang around and talk with and be around. And some of them are going to be annoying and jerks. Jesus, in his love, died on a cross and rose from the grave for them. For you and for me, all of us. These are people in our lives that God has called us to love and care for. And as we care for them, we will experience Jesus in surprising and unexpected ways, and our lives will be enriched and made better. And then we can do what these two disciples did. Even though it was late, they got up and they raced back to Jerusalem and shared with the other disciples what they had experienced. We met this neighbor. We we welcomed him into our lives and our conversation. We shared our food and our home with him, and we saw Jesus. He is alive. loving our neighbors and then experience us, we can race back here to our community at Holy Comforter and share that story with others that we might all be enriched and encouraged and encouraged to go out back, to go back out ready to love our neighbors and meet the risen Lord. Beloved, this morning, love your neighbors and help us at Holy Comforter be a place that loves our neighbors. And as we do that, we all will know and see.